um, I don't know how to get this recording off the cloud, but um, I assume you'll have access to it. I'll download it and I'll post it to you. Yeah, if you're in my bubble, I'll walk it over. <laughs> Into the cloud we go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode 40 of the Barry Bullock Hour, the beer-based podcast of big brews and big issues. Turning 40, 40 episodes. That's a milestone. Um, when we turned 30, we became a sensible economics podcast. Now that we've turned 40, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the big <laughs> issues. We're going to be talking about um, refinancing your holiday home. Uh, <laughs> Negative gearing. Uh, yeah, hedging Bitcoin against the silver price. <laughs> and, um, you know, which port is the best port to serve with Neapolitan ice cream and <laughs> and other things that I imagine will become topical and relevant when I turn forty in uh, just over five years' time. It's uh, it's a uh, what did you describe it in a little preacher? A gruesome twosome? Is that what? Gruesome twosome, yeah, or a dynamic duo, or yeah, I'll duo. take gruesome twosome. No, I like that. It's uh, it is of course me, Kieran Bullock, going head to head, just the two of us. We may have a surprise uh, appearance from the big dog later on. He is struggling to, in his own words, put his child down, which I'm led to believe is a, is an allegory for getting them to sleep, and not something <laughs> uh, not something far more gruesome in its own right. Uh, and joining me all the way across town in Richmond, Melbourne, Victoria, it is Rostock, Eric coast to coast. Moto O'Clock Cox. How are you, Cox? Oh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I'm I'm on a half Cali moto right now. Just the red wine components. <laughs> um, I ran out of the ran out of the Coca Cola, but uh, you're on a, you're on a, I a did diet, actually. Cali moto. I'm saying it wrong, aren't I? It's Cali moto. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I I found a, a cherry Coke in the in one of the city coals today when I was out walking around, which I would be very interested to try in my new favorite beverage. Uh, so yeah. I might be making another visit there. Good on my side. I don't know. It's warming me up. Welcome <laughs> back. Uh, welcome back. Uh, stateside so, well not stateside you can't say that down here welcome back uh, uh to the kangaroos pouch well it is stateside with compared to new zealand which has no i states. guess we got states yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. without delving too too deeply into covid related matters the one dictatorial system in new zealand where it's just one lady running one small country <laughs> um, at this point you'd have to say has got the chocolates over the state-based system which is uh just seems to confuse and complicate things. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, no, good to be back. Good to be back. Even though we are recording remotely, we are back on uh, on the premium Zoom. <laughs> um, I am recording from the Kensington Palace. So in some respects, the uh, the Barry Bullock Hour returning to its roots um, where we have not been since episode 34. It's been a productive six months for us. Uh, the <laughs> strong podcasting times, weak economic times. Um, no, almost reunited and it almost feels so good. Uh, yeah, but hopefully almost. next one will be uh, on a couch somewhere. Hopefully. Get a bit of that hashtag lounge energy. <laughs> it should be said that I, I did cycle near your house mm. a couple of days ago. And I did consider, um, this was Friday afternoon, I did consider... Um, maybe doing an unexpected drop-in i take it decided against it because i know that you were busy with work stuff and i was i was following the yarrow trail from like because usually i thought i'd go into the city through south bank up to amy park obviously Mm. amy park my former workplace usually being where i stopped this time i thought i'd follow the the yarrow all the way up to my old stomping ground in abbotsford 
and sort of connect the dots there. That sort of East Yarra, the bit where the Yarra does the full turn, is, is not a part of town I'd actually been to. So there we go, breaking new ground already after three or four days uh, in the country. There's a lot to be found down there. So it, and it's a lot of mileage. The way it surprises me how the Yarra bends and twists through there up to yeah. up to Abbotsford. So yeah, stop in because that that trail is not uh, I don't know, 200 yards, 300 yards from my door. So. Well, yes, in hindsight being a wonderful thing, you said that Friday afternoon you were in the midst of quite a hefty meeting. So Yeah, I was cooked on Friday. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. <laughs> Drop me a line when you're going past Amy and I'll, I'll give you the thumbs up. Me me texting you saying that I was outside to just like, what have we just done like a, a window wave? Yeah. <laughs> I would have just waved you from the street. Yeah, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have really been anything. You would have seen my mask. Um, where's my I'm mask? keen to see that. Give us a little fashion show. It's going to be great. And then audio media. content yeah. for the audio <laughs> podcast. But yeah, here we go. Here's, this is my mask. Dang. It's a, uh, it's... I think it's sort of a, de- it's a denim color with a, with a teal and gray stripe. <laughs> my initial impression of that looks like the uh, moquette, the, uh, the, the seat fabric of a commuter ferry or a commuter <laughs> seagoing vessel. Um, I could see that lining a bunch of uh, yeah. uh, ferry seats. Um, I'd say it's quite subtle for, for public transport. Public transport these days, the, uh, the seat fabric quality tends to be more on the, the garish side Bright that's fair colors, abstract shapes hide the stains yeah exactly make it hide make it stains. make it bright yeah <laughs> yeah this is this is all i would say that this is almost too subtle mm. but you know maybe fairies um embrace a subtlety of um sartorial elegance that that your trains buses and planes do not <laughs> or hotel room curtains i'll give you that we'll have to post a picture on the, on but i don't know how, how what kind of platforms we've got but we'll have to get it out there somehow uh, oh eric we've got the full gamut we've got instagram we got the insta yeah oh yeah we've got facebook and we've got a twitter that i largely use for my own purposes so uh <laughs> yeah but what i'm noticing here in melbourne having been uh, back in melbourne but for the last four days is having mm-hmm. to wear it all the time um is, is a, it's a different kettle of fish it's um it gets stinky very quickly even though it is merino um, <laughs> had to give it a hand wash today so i'm thinking like am i am i an idiot for just having the one one doesn't seem like it's enough if you got to wear it all the time i i was a yeah exactly i was a one mask guy and initially yeah. when it all came out it's like oh well, you wash your mask every day and it's like, every yeah, right. I'm, it, yeah, yeah, right. I'm washing every day. I, I, it's like, I brush my teeth. I wash my face. This thing's staying clean. But yeah. It shocks you how much your face sweats. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh and yeah, now I'm up to three or four masks that yeah. I churn through. Yeah. You're working on a rotation, like a t-shirt rotation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. And we're both beard havers. And I feel like just the separation of a little bit of hair between skin and mask should keep, keep things fresher, yeah. but I don't know. Well, funnily you mentioned that because I mean, the, the, uh, the, the viewers can't see, but um, nor could they have seen us really at any given point, but I, I am back to the sort of classic six to eight mil. Uh, closely cropped beard. Um, where the sweet dry, spot. About three weeks ago, I was still rocking the um, the six month, very long, disgusting hobo beard. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, I, I could could barely get the mask over it. It was um, 
quite disgraceful. So yeah, having it going back to the close crop is good for mask wearing. A little bit of hashtag mask chat. Your chat, mask chat. Just to really date this podcast, just to root this podcast in (laughs) in in the point of history. I've 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 already forgotten mine a couple of times because it's, it's not yet a habit. Like I ordered a ordered a pizza the other night, and I was like halfway to the pizza shop, which is admittedly only three minutes around the corner. Mm. I literally froze on the street and did like a, like, oh, like a double take in every direction. And I was like, but the pizza's so close, but I don't, and I literally ran back to the house. You got to do it. Well, yeah. I'm glad you did that. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's something you're not used to. And the, there's definitely a, a border to it. Well, it's like, well, yeah, I'll go to my mailbox outside the apartment block. But it's like, well, I've got a petrol station. That's truly about 10 meters away from the back of my building. It's like, well, no, I'm, I can't, I can't go there. Like, they wouldn't let me in number one, but I, well, they I wouldn't even, I don't think so. I think there's enough places that are pretty tight on it as they should be. Could you not fake an exemption? And if ASIO are listening to this podcast, which we always assume that ASIO are listening, <laughs> good to hear from you, ASIO, if you're out there. Um, could you not fake an ex- like what, like you like, probably could. Eh? Say I have a medical exemption. Like who's going to go? Well, the rules seem so vague. Or just jog in place for thirty seconds, or however long it takes me to get red in the face, and then just go on oh, <laughs> in my daily two hours of exercise. I need a I need a Gatorade. Uh, the, yeah, because and you can't look too sick either, because then like if you're medical, you don't want your medical exemption to be like you've got the plague. <laughs> you can't come into my petrol station and buy a pie. Speaking of petrol station pies, well, pies in general, <laughs> a month or two ago, you and I, had, I, I think had spoken off, off podcast, uh, off the record about a new pie shop that had opened up just on Swan Street here in Richmond. And I thought, well, I've eaten my four and 20 from the petrol station next just to my house. I'm going to go up to this proper pie shop. And this proper pie shop has already has already closed up, and really? uh, I I missed the boat. I didn't. There was never an occasion where I wanted to walk three blocks to get a pie, <laughs> uh, and now I missed it. I've missed it. Yeah. So, to be fair, tough time to run a uh, food business. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> they uh, their, their timing, deliberately or otherwise, was uh, was you'd have to say horrifically unlucky mm. um, and without wanting to, to venture too, too far into uh, hashtag economic chat, although we are 40 now, so it should be part of our MO, probably not the first economic domino to fall uh, in terms of businesses, but um, disappointing to hear that the Richmond pie shop didn't survive. That, that is, that is disappointing, but I have a list of pie shops we can go to. I, we will, we will make the Barry Block our pie crawl. But yeah, I'll take it. As soon as, <laughs> soon as we can get the boys in, and uh, we'll, we'll make it happen for sure. Man, oh man, I, I'm on board for that. Um, I don't know. We're looking at our our um, Kieran and I are cooking up some some train related content, uh, yeah, the Metro Network, true, yeah. and I don't know if we visit all the stations and we also eat the closest pie to every station. <laughs> that could be quite a day. This is the thing, Eric, in lockdown, you're coming up with all these grand ideas. Um, so Eric and I are plotting to visit every train station in Melbourne in one day as a bit of a challenge. And I, I tried, I've tried not to plan it. I feel like the planning should be joint. We should plan ah, together. Agreed. But I, ha- I was having, in, in one of my quieter moments of lockdown, I was, you know, and potentially sort of a, a, a moment of homesickness for Melbourne. Um, 
you know, looking at the train network and kind of working out. And without wanting to, without wanting to bore the listeners right now with any sort of pre-planning, <laughs> I, would, I would suggest we may have to do some some potential running in certain segments of the map. So, do we want to be loaded with pies? That's the question that I would. That's ask. the tricky one. In that, that particular is... instance, obviously, I want to be loaded with pies all the time. That's a great way to live your life. But, um, if we're having to do any sort of uh, semi-strenuous physical activity, um, nutrition, I think, may be a key part of of that particular gambit to, mm. to visit every Melbourne train station as quickly as possible. That's that's a fair point. There's there's lots to break down there, so uh, uh, watch the space. Yeah, that'll be a good time. A little Barry Block Hour expedition takes. That reminds me, Eric, of. Um, I can't remember if we discussed this on the podcast or not. I think we have. I think this is on public record. And by public record, I mean <laughs> our previous episode. Um, you you have a uh, long-standing job application to be a train driver. I With Metro. Mm, yes. Um, how's that going, firstly? <laughs> and secondly, I would imagine that Metro are running a fairly reduced schedule at the moment, broadly speaking on account of no one really needing to go anywhere at any given point. The application is outstanding. And um, to any Metro trains, uh, HR personnel listening, I think Kieran is one of my references. So uh, we'll, we'll leave that open. Uh, but I, in, in, in terms of timetables, it kind of struck me because I live in Richmond. I, well, I live in Cremorne, which is this kind of little armpit of Richmond that's kind of <laughs> surrounded by uh, an elevated train crossing. Like Richmond Station goes over... Swan Street then goes over Punt Road and it continues at that elevation until it goes into South Yarra. And I still hear trains clanking by and it's something like Saturday frequency, like every day is now Saturday. Um, yeah, I don't know. They've been doing diligent service and like I'm walking through the neighborhood and there were weeks where you'd look up at the train and truly it's empty. You wouldn't see a single face in any of the windows, but yeah. I'll give it to Metro. Like there must be doctors and nurses and grocery store workers and petrol station attendants they got to take those to get to work so good on them for not putting an extra burden so. on those people yeah i guess because in when i was uh, i did my time in new zealand in christchurch obviously i was uh we we live next to the airport christchurch airport so like you know and that's where i did most of my jogging um mm-hmm. the airport areas and obviously all you would see is grounded planes you know the the flight because my sister works for Air New Zealand. The flight schedule is basically been shot to pieces. You know they've reduced yeah. their workforce by, I think now it's like eighty percent. The telly, mm. like, there was these constant waves of people being let go and cabin crew and engineering and I conflate people that work on any sort of transport option to like you know workforces that are being let go. Yeah, I guess. With, with metro trains you kind of just you want to keep the timetable going probably doesn't cost nearly as much to run mm. a semi-empty train but um it's hard to say like well yeah it, it, they're rumbling through the neighborhood there the buses are still going the trams are still going and a little quieter i guess there is one thing that i've been looking for coming out of lockdown like through my walks in the neighborhood and this was really just as this all started up uh like transdev or one of the bus companies associated with ptv released 
and a hundred percent electric bus that runs on the 246 line, which goes right oh, behind my house. Yeah, yeah, but the pit. Oh yeah, I remember you guys referencing that. Well, anyway, like one in pretty, ten. Pretty buses. sure Big Dog just came up with that nickname. He, <laughs> he's convinced that that is an official nickname for the 246 bus that runs from Clifton Hill to Alstonwick. But I think he just nicknamed it the Punt Road Pig. And then that's just it. Not unlike his own nickname, which he also gave himself. Ah, despicable. If it was anybody else, I'd probably believe it. But Big if he Dog, turns up later on tonight, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll see if we can quiz Big Dog on the origins of the punt road. Put him in the hot seat. Yeah. yeah. And if he doesn't turn up tonight, we'll make sure we put a pin in it for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, the old two Yeah. Any one of it looks like, based on what I've seen go by, about one in 10 of the punt road pigs are 100% electric. And I've, I've been dying to get onto one of these and test it out and just see what an electric bus is like. And now that just the, quieter. Yeah. Well, that, that would be the, I love sitting in the back of the bus, but it's always so loud back there. So this yeah. might solve all my problems. Well, the back of the bus is where the engine is. So, mm. you know, it's also where the cool kids sit. So. That's absolutely true. <laughs> so you gotta be there. You gotta be there yelling mm. at each other and having a good time yeah well so i've tipped my hand here i've spent most of lockdown looking at trains looking at buses and just <laughs> wishing i was on them yeah <laughs> and um they used to have electric buses in christchurch way back pre-earthquake they used to have a really they used to have a, an inner city shuttle that would go around the streets of happening area of central christchurch but i, I don't know they were bright yellow and they were electric and that was when i was growing up hmm so that was a while ago. They were they were bright yellow. I can't remember if they had a name or not. But I I don't think they survived the earthquake. I feel like they were a casualty. Obviously, once the city shut down, there was no need for a shuttle around it. Because mm. there was nothing to look at other than slightly rooted buildings and Wilson car parks. Um but they certainly haven't re-emerged post-quake. But um yeah. Electric buses are an interesting one. I guess any sort of any sort of electric vehicle. We're we're in a really interesting time where electric vehicles are presumably the future, mm. but also we're not there yet because I think any any electric vehicle. The question is always range. So how far can I drive this? Yeah, thing? if you're going round and round circles in in a city, Christchurch, you know, presumably they weren't far from a, a giant PowerPoint talking about people that are looking at buying cars. I mean, that's why, like, have you seen the Tesla stock? Just to talk stocks for a second. (laughs) Hashtag stocks. Um, Tesla's gone through the roof. Their price is unbelievable gains. Uh, They are are effectively the torchbearer for electric cars and everyone else is playing second and third fiddle. But the the questions over electric cars are still like, you're not going to, you know, you don't want to do a giant road trip in an electric car because (laughs) you can only drive 300 Ks and then you go exactly an hour. No one wants to spend an hour at a shell station in the middle of Illinois, for example. Like <laughs> that's the thing. That's the whole thing with the electric cars and the angle that you keep hearing about, or I keep I keep hearing discussed is like swappable batteries. Like are swappable yes. batteries going to be the thing that that make it make it mainstream? You pull up there at Coles Express. Working on swappable. The rechargeable batteries are massive. They're like because they run <laughs> from, from my my understanding of a Tesla is that the rechargeable batteries run underneath the car so like mm. underneath the cabin which makes them like two meters long exceptionally heavy too yeah maybe it's like the um 
for barbecue gas bottles. Maybe you turn up to a servo, grab yourself a new battery for your electric car, <laughs> a pie from the servo and a V. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's By the time you've got the sauce on the pie, your car is swapped over and ready to go. I don't know. Exciting times. 2020, everything's electric now. Electric lights, <laughs> electric cars. So where are they going next? <laughs> well, I did see, and I, I in, in classic Barry Book Hour preparation, I didn't really read the article in the slightest, but I did see that there was a, a, a <laughs> small electric plane that took flight earlier this week, possibly in Christchurch. Maybe. No way. Electric planes. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to travel on a fully electric passenger plane mm. but you know once you're once you're at altitude you are above the clouds so maybe planes should at the very least have some solar components you can run the tvs or yeah because you're in the sun most of the time but i wouldn't want to trust it <laughs> i would be terrified on a fully electric plane we like the planes down, in the future yeah. should at the very least have some solar panels mm. embedded into their uh, into the body I think we're onto something here. If we pivoted from podcasts to like aerospace engineering, I think we've got some ideas that would have legs. Um, That's a big pivot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I noticed you're sipping out of something that you've got a parrot dog shirt on that popped up into the Zoom frame once or twice. So I've noticed that. But you're also drinking out of a glass, which is is looking pretty nice. I've seen (laughs) something in there. What's that? Well, um, last podcast... I think it was mentioned. I can't actually remember now. Last podcast, I was recording in the um, common area of a hostel at midnight in New Zealand. So I was um, not 100% locked into the recording session because of the the amount of people that were constantly (laughs) around me making noise. Comings and goings. Um, By the time we got to the end of the last episode, I was sitting on a table, a giant communal table that probably sat 20 but yeah, by the end of our recording session and post-recording session chat, there are about 15 people sitting next to me eating McDonald's, having gone out on the hoon. Um, and here I am trying to conduct the <laughs> podcast. Um, but if you remember rightly, last podcast we drank the, um, and didn't talk about it actually in hindsight. When I did the edit, turned out we barely spoke about it at all. But we all drank the, um, the Cooper's XPA, mm. extra pale ale from the, our friends in South Australia. Um, and I did think that it was potentially blasphemous to be drinking a South Australian brew whilst in Wellington, the craft beer capital of the Southern Hemisphere, possibly even the world, depending mm. on which statistics you choose to uh, imbue. But yeah, so I drank a Cooper's whilst in uh, Wellington, the home of A, Parrot Dog, and B, mm. Garage Project. Um, so I did... I was able to uh, to bring home a couple of delicious Garage Project brews, and I am drinking one right now. I am drinking the Touchwood Elderberry Elderberry and Honey Triple or Triple. Oh my I'm god! Not really sure the pronunciation there, and and the, the packaging is pretty fancy. It's striking. Um, so I feel if I angered the beer gods by drinking Coopers whilst in Wellington, hopefully this will make up for it. Yeah, back in Melbourne, <laughs> drinking Garage Project. Exactly. Um, Hopefully, we'll we'll reestablish my equity with the beer gods. Balance, yeah, balance back. I'm drinking it out of my favorite glass, which is a Garage Project branded glass. There you go. You're a fanboy. Yeah, you're you're still you're still drinking red wine. Well, (laughs) so my coffee mug full of red wine has been uh, finished, which uh, has led me to. 
Uh, I'm just gonna slide it. it out of my koozie here. Uh, or what are you guys? What is that? Uh, what are these called? Um, stubby holders. Yeah, stubby holder. Uh, it's a can out of, my... of something. Is it a can of something good, or is it a can of something absolutely just? Oh, Eric. We're going south Eric. of the border. We're going south of the border, all the way down to Mexico. I'm drinking a Tecate, which I know I'm getting a lot of. I'm getting some heat here. I'm picking up. I'm picking up that you're not a big Tecate fan, but. Um, Corona just, aside, yeah, that's just it's that is just mass produced garbage. But uh, I'm I'm on board with it. I'll say as as somebody that, that yeah, like, I, like I don't know, a, maybe a it's constant just source of um of going <laughs> forward. Their commitment to being a podcast that drinks good quality craft brews, and and mm. time after time, Eric, you've you've slid in with some absolute shitters. That's fair. Well, so this is a step up. This is once where I feel like I'm not the basement dweller because you go to a cheap Mexican joint, at least in the state, it's like everybody's got Corona and all the branded yeah. merchandise and the the tin bucket on your table says Corona, but yeah. really you don't want a Corona. You want to ideally a Modelo or a, a Pacifico, uh, but a Tecate is one demonstrable step up from a Corona, I'd say. So Tecate, I feel like I'm one step out of the basement, or at least on that first stair up uh, from the floor <laughs> of the basement going up to the first level. Um, I, can, I can tell you, Eric, with um, almost unerring certainty that I think I've only ever drunk that beer once in my life before. And I'm pretty sure we just called it Ticket because what the hell? <laughs> oh yeah, as you do. I went out to what could only be described as an emo night. We're talking the late 2000s, you know, like okay. not even 2010. This is we're potentially 08, 09 here, so a, a decade ago. I can't remember. Let me just quick on quick Google here. I can't remember the name of the hotel, but the, the name of the night was called Bang. If I remember rightly. <laughs> Oh eight oh nine. That's like primo My Chemical Romance. That's like hey, absolutely. Uh, and I had a <laughs> I had a good friend Carly who was well into that shit, and that influence sort of um, you know meted out into all of us. And so we there used to be a couple of like sort of emo geared party nights in Melbourne, student nights. But we went out to, to bang, and I remember the cheap drink there was Tecate with a wedge of lime. And yeah, you, know, you used to smash them. They were like four dollars a pop back then. Eric, I was a, a crazy loose twenty-two-year-old having the time of his life. On well, that's like still the phase of my you life know, I'm in. I'd say now, you're now a man, sensible man in his thirties, <laughs> drinking that disgraceful Mexican filth. <laughs> when you could have, you could have all the beers that you order. You, you live near Purvis, Eric. There's no. Excuse. I do. Oh man, yeah. There's. It's. I'm spoiled for choice here, but uh, no, I find myself picking up the VBs and the Carltons and the Um oh. I'm a savvy consumer. I'll say that's. It's. It's no, an economic choice. I'm saving up that money for when you and I well, we get to, to heartbreaker or something, and I'm back to paying 13 bucks a pint in the pub um it's it's a spicy meatball don't, still don't put it on me here don't don't put your <laughs> making on me because i dragged the heartbreak listeners uh this guy drags me shit. they have cheap shit too you, you that, that's fair enough you choose the margarita gosa that was you yeah i'm a i don't know pretend I... like i'm the one leading you down a dark path. you wandered down there of your own accord 
<laughs> that's fair that's fair i can't i'll well i'll cop some of that I'll cop some of that um, I, I did pop into the, um ackland cellars today just to have okay a, i was on my bicycle today and i went to st kilda just to get some k's into the legs as i think i mentioned and k's into the ass i think that's important to <laughs> yeah exactly part of, part of riding a bike and coming coming back to riding a bike after many many months of not riding is is getting your ass used to sitting mm. on that tiny, tiny seat. So it's not just about, mm-hmm. t- you know, tightening up the muscles in your legs. It's also about hardening your ass. <laughs> I don't know if there's a nice way to put that or not, but that's that to me, that's certainly part of, uh, that's certainly part of why you need to get out on the bike. But yeah, I went to St Kilda today, lovely Sunday afternoon here in Melbourne. I am back in Melbourne. If that hasn't been made clear, I'm very excited <laughs> to be here. Um, but I popped into Ackland Cellars um, just to cast my eye over a, uh, a lovely, lovely wall of craft beer. Ackland Cellars on um, Ackland Street have a pretty decent selection. But yeah, Preach. I can't wait to get out to Purvis and uh, really see what's happening in the world of beer. But um, if I'm not mistaken, Eric, you've uh, you've once again been getting on the uh, on the mm. new brew news you could use. Exactly. Um, I've got what, I've got some dandies. Yeah, I've got some go. dandies here. Usually I'd like to throw this out to the group and, you know, you know, big dog and Cal are going to get on one or two things and really run yeah. with it. But so I've got new brew news you can use here. I've scoured the volume October two. volume two. <laughs> what do you got? We've got four dandies that uh, yeah. I'm really interested in. The idea here is I just throw them out there. We don't, it's not a dissertation. Just give me your gut feeling and, yeah. and the thoughts. Now that, that I'm here, up. I can actually go and buy these beers. If, exactly if, right. Uh, if the mood strikes. We'll see what we can find. Uh, this first one is a mandarin coriander and basil Berliner Weiss from Sea Legs Brewing Company. That's somewhere in Australia. I don't have that in my notes. Sea mandarin. The angle, the the rub here being coriander, which I feel like is the ultimate divisive flavor. Is that a yes or a no from you? Are you in on that? Would you pay 15 bucks for a pint? Sea Legs Brewing Company, um, Kangaroo Point, uh, Queensland. Hmm. That's actually, if I'm not mistaken, that's actually not far from where um, Jen and Ed, my uh, theatrical friends who are currently based up north, I think that's not that far from there. Hook them up. I think that, that's under up. the... Um, that's a brewery that's right underneath the Story Bridge in Brisbane. But to answer your question, um, you've asked for my gut instinct, and I've, I've failed already by hesitating. Berliner Weiss as a style is not really my favourite. We're okay. talking, we're talking wheat beer, mm. um, but the pros to that are that wheat beers are good for adding flavours. My problem with Berliner Weiss is Eric. Um, not to get too detailed here, because <laughs> I often find them too bananary. So oh, that's fair. If the the addition of citrus and coriander, um, yeah, I would try that. I don't know if I'd outright choose it over mm. an IPA or a stout, or, or if I went to a tap room. I, but I would, if someone said, "Here's a mandarin coriander Berliner Weiss," I would take it, and I think I would enjoy it. For me, the basil puts me off. If I'm on basil, basil as well. I'll... Yeah, I'll go for a nice uh, pasta sauce or something. So I will I will put that as a thumbs down. Here's number two. I jumped to the U.S. here to fill out the ranks. Fantasia Cantaloupe IPA wow. uh, brewed with freshly harvested Colorado Rocky Ford Cantaloupe or uh, Rock Melon, I guess is where you're familiar. A Rock Melon beer. What's Absolutely the thoughts? Absolutely not. 
I'm with you. Okay, we're in agreement on that. I'd rather die than drink a cantaloupe rock melon beer. The worst melon, I'll say. Again, not interested in goose and controversy for the sake of it, but I have to say I am anti-melon. I don't do there melon. You go. I don't like any sort of melon. I don't like watermelon. I don't like rock melon. I don't like any other fucking type of melons. Wow. Melons, they all taste like shit. They're like cucumber. I'm with you. They're, they're super watery, but the, there is some flavor, and that flavor is gross. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing worse than being on an airplane and you get the plain food and they give you a fruit salad and the fruit salad is four types of melon with a, a single piece of pineapple on top. It's not a fruit salad, it's a Kill melon me. salad. I'm anti-melon. I like beer. <laughs> you know, it's like pineapple and pizza. Don't put melons in beer. Not interested. I think I think we've got a quorum here. The other two, by not showing up, have forfeited their votes yeah. to make an official stance on the podcast. It's an anti-melon podcast. Yeah. Barry Bill Gower <laughs> is an anti-melon podcast. Now a word from our sponsors, yeah. the Melon Growers of Australia Association. Ah, oh, yeah. We've blown that sponsorship deal out of the water. But, uh, <laughs> fuck them. They make a bad product. They make melons and they're gross. Number three here. This is Spruce Tip IPA from Colorado's Upslope uh, Upslope Brewery. And the Spruce Tip is the key here. The tasting notes say um, the nose is alive and bright with pine. Would you drink a pine-scented beer? A pine, the initial hit, a pine tree. Forgive my ignorance over the great nation of the USA and Colorado, but what is is a spruce tip? Is that a a tree? Well, so spruces are are kind of big pine trees, and I'd imagine a spruce tip, when pine trees are like blooming out, they don't have leaves, they've got their needles, and when the needles come out, they come out in these little, little clumps that are really acorn size and they're kind of striking looking okay. spruce tips i think would be these fresh new needles we're talking pine in the sense of tree mm. so that's a that's a pine ipa pine tip ipa spruce um, that's tip a yes IPA. for me yeah that's a uh, yes to me a good ipa should in- instinctively have um, a resinous piney quality so i think to me that's a natural pairing even though it might seem odd to um Produce a beer that's named after a tree. Um, <laughs> a good IPA should have piney. You would describe a hoppy beer sometimes as piney. A okay. woody, resinous hop will give you uh, hints of pine tree. So for me, it's an overwhelming yes. <laughs> okay, give me that big, big piney IPA. I'm a, I'm I'm going to go with you on that one. Initially, my gut reaction was a no. I'm thinking pine. It's going to taste like something that's hanging from your rearview mirror. But I remember back in my <laughs> early formative days of drinking when i was really hot on gin and tonics people would say to me how can you drink those they taste they, they taste like christmas trees and so that uh that connection has has kind of tipped me over i'm gonna try this one if i found okay. it i'd try it i'm just gonna pause you right there and, and hone in on that because <laughs> firstly i had no idea you're a gin and tonic man because I oh love absolutely gin and tonics. And we should be drinking more gin and tonics in life. That's just a rule. Yeah, agreed. But secondly, who are the goon sacks that you are befriending over there in the US? Mm. The gin and tonics taste like pine trees. That's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. This was this was my uni days. And in, in small town Wisconsin, you're in probably the deepest beer country that you could find outside of uh, Bavaria. Yeah, beer and cheese. And so there's a my my local watering hole is the joint. Shout out to the joint in wow. Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and during happy hour they would run um, one dollar gin and tonics or one dollar 
like pots of beer i'll say and so everybody was cranking on these pots of beers and i'm like oh i'm going for the mixed drink and it, uh, a little lighter a little fresher and i got so much heat for that I'm so sorry, much heat a one dollar gin and tonic yeah uh I mean, and that's like, that sounds like <laughs> that simultaneously to me sounds like the best and worst thing ever what? You'd be surprised what you can find in in uni towns in rural yeah, like one Midwest. Dollar. $1. It's it's it was it was a lot. Now I'm starting to see why your friends thought that it tasted like a Christmas tree. It probably was. Yeah, just grain alcohol with one of those uh, pine tree uh, car fresheners dipped oh, into it. Um, if you're impressed by that, I've got one more new brew news you can use. I but on that, I, just, I don't know if I would say impressed, but I'm certainly excited. <laughs> That, that's very reminiscent, Eric, and this is this is before your time. But um, is again harking back to the uh, the mid two thousands was um, there was a there was a bar opposite the uh, the Queen Vic Market that used to do dollar pots of Ge- Geelong bitter, oh. which I'm not even sure that was a real beer. I don't know where <laughs> they got it from. I've never seen it since. It seemed like that was the only place that ever sold it. Um, but that was a thing for a while. I, I, and it was always like Thursday <laughs> nights or Wednesday nights or something horrific. That's Dollar a beautiful thing. Bitter nights. Um, that's reminiscent of that. But I mean, like yeah, a, a disgusting, horrifically mass-produced beer versus a gin and tonic. I'm, I'm going to say that you were not being served gin and tonic. You were being served grain <laughs> alcohol <laughs> and something horrific. Something else. Uh, I think your choice was correct. Great choices from you. I'm I'm glad we're, we're finding a lot of consensus here. No melons. Yes, gin and tonic. Yes to the spruce IPA. And the last one. I don't know if this is going to be the most controversial, or we'll we'll see how it plays out. Sure. New brew news you can use finale this week twos. is volume twos. Volume twos is just thought I'd do that joke again. Just because <laughs> I edited it out for the first time. <laughs> We're going to play it out. I'll do a sound check of me reading that up. New brew news you can use. Volume twos. Got to have a sound bite. <laughs> Got to have a we'll wrap it up this week yeah. with alcohol-free Guinness. 0% Guinness. That's very interesting. My my instinct is um, you've hit upon a trend there, as presumably mm. the good folk at Guinness have also um, hit upon or decided to be a part of the zero alcohol trend. I don't know. I'm not, um, I, I, I don't really see the point in it. I, I, I you know, Heineken have done it. Um, I think there's a Stella as well at 0%. And I think there are some Melbourne craft breweries who are trying to produce absurdly low or no alcohol beers. Mm. And I just don't really see the point in it. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a teenager here, but, you know, getting a little buzz on is is maybe not half the fun, but it's certainly a nice side effect. Exactly. Loosey goosey. And, you know, that that's all part of the deal. So the, the idea that I would love the taste of an alcoholic drink so much that I would want it all the time. I just don't see that occasion arising. Yeah. And then but... Guinness generally, I like Guinness. Because I'm with you, yeah. a stout, and I like the fact that it's a nitro stout. So for me, the texture of the foam of a nitro stout is always good. Um, but at the end of the day, if I'm going to drink a stout, I'm probably going to seek out one with a bit more flavor, a bit more excitement. Um, mm. But a zero alcohol beer, like I just, I don't ever see a situation where I would want a zero alcohol drink. I, I reckon the zero alcohol beer trend will be one that we look back on in 10 years time and go, 
what the fuck were we thinking? Why? No one wanted that. Why did we try and make a thing that no one wanted? Um, exactly. So, my, so I'm going thumbs down for that. I'm going to th- thumbs up for the effort, but I would. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested in that in the slightest. It's a good gesture. Yeah. Surely there's people out there that, that have cut back and they're looking for just, they, they just want to go to the, go to the pub with their friends and have a Guinness and now they've got an option. Uh, but yeah, myself, I don't know, just being outside of Ireland, maybe I, or, or a region where it's a, a beer that isn't like a, a seasonal or a festive or a specific beer. Like I only drink Guinness on St. Patrick's day, I guess. Or if I was going to one of the specific Irish pubs in Melbourne, and then, yeah, you're exactly right. I want the, I want the booze in that. So I'm a thumbs down on it. Um, but yeah, good on them for trying, but you're right. You've hit on zero alcohol as a trend here. Yeah. And the other trend that's striking me that is just now uh, uh, crashing down onto these Australian shores after I've heard it ripping through the U S for the last two years is hard seltzer and this is separate from new brew news you can use so we'll separate that but lay it on me i am uh, (laughs) i am so glad you brought that up i reckon are you uh, are you on the white claw white claws law i hear white claw oh man i i have read between various australian news sites and then about a week or two ago a new zealand news site I have read probably a dozen articles stating mm. that hard seltzer is the upcoming trend of the summer. I just don't buy it. Those articles scream of paid promotion. Mm. And like I've looked into what a hard seltzer is and I don't buy it. I don't <laughs> buy it at all. Um, so a hard, do, you, do you want to explain what a hard seltzer is being the, uh, being the American? Yeah. Well, so you, you probably have to explain what a seltzer is, but yeah, that's yeah. That's seltzer. Find me on this journey. You know, is seltzer, uh, seltzer in my head as as a Midwestern American was something that like, kind of old timey. You'd hear about it maybe in New York. It'd be more common. Like you'd have seltzer delivery or clowns. Clowns have these big bottles of seltzer and they're spraying seltzer around as part of their act. It's just like a carbonated water, I'd say. Fizzy water. Fizzy yes. water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, hard seltzer showed up in the form of uh, the major brand being White Claw. Yeah. But two years ago in the U.S., it comes in a can, and it's it's seltzer spiked with vodka, I understand, and then some kind of flavoring. So if you're onto this, like, fizzy flavored water trend, like the Frantels or the La Croix, um, it, it's like that, I guess, but boozy. It's just a little bit of vodka added, and I don't know. If low it, calorie. It, yeah, it struck me as like, oh, low cal, like, oh, this is, this is the new, like, you're going, I don't know. It's a stupid term, but, like white girl wasted is not <laughs> on is not on mimosas anymore it's not on bloody mary's now it's on uh, uh hard seltzer and i've pitched this to some of my guys in the u.s who are pretty shoulder to shoulder with me like low-end drinkers it's pbrs it's the it's the miller lights it'd, it'd be the vbs down here and they're like oh yeah yeah uh, white claw shows up at parties and stuff and i don't know i'll try it like they don't order it at bars but it's it's something that They've just accepted now as part of the liquor landscape in the U.S. They they are pitched as the next big trend here in Australia. 
and I, I think that I think that that is coming from the people that are making them because mm. I feel like they're trying to create a niche and fill that niche with their own product. But like, I'm not really sure who in Australia a hard seltzer is for. Because if it's for you, your beer drinkers aren't going to go near it. No. Not enough flavor, not enough excitement. I feel like your hard and fast spirit drinkers are also not going to go near it. Mm. You know, if you want something fruity and delicious, you're probably going to head towards a cider. And if you want something a bit harder than that, you're going to head towards wine. And then I think the second part that's going to make them doomed to fail is the price point. The price point, because there's there are some craft breweries that are making them, so they're not vodka based. They're actually they're actually brewed alcohol. I don't know mm. what you would call them, but they used oh, really? breweries, craft breweries that are making them through a, a, a brewing process. Two birds have made some. Hmm. Moondog have made some. Moondog have made wow. a full range. But at the end of the day, if you drink like UDLs. The, uh, mm-hmm. the the pre mix in a can they're dirt cheap whereas a hard seltzer they, they seem <laughs> already inordinately expensive and i'm just not sure that there's a genuine market for them at the price that they're pitching them at and i think they're kind mm. of a dumb drink they're basically like they're trying to take the vodka lime and soda market which is for like what they call basic bitches which are like lean, pretty people <laughs> that want to get drunk without the calories. And they're trying to make that a whole market. I just don't think the Australian public will buy it. Don't think they'll buy mm. the sentiment. Don't think they'll buy the idea. Don't think they'll buy the product. That's my that's my prediction mm. on seltzers. I reckon they're going to try and make this the summer of seltzer. And I think it's going to be a massive flop. I'll buy into that. And I kind of wonder how it's going to play. You hit on an interesting angle that I hadn't thought of before this. Like wine is something that's out there that people drink for for huge swaths of America, I feel like wine doesn't really have a foothold with people that aren't old folks. Like I never, ever drank wine in the U.S. and none of my friends ever, ever drank wine. If you bring your girlfriend along to the bar, she's drinking beer or like some fancy mixed drink or, or, or some kind of mixed drink, I should say. So I don't know. And maybe it got such a, a foothold in the U.S. because there was looking for some other thing. But down here in kind of like wine country, I feel like most of the metropolitan areas here are not uh, not starving for good wine. Like, yeah, exactly. Who is it going for? I don't know. I'm just looking at the Moondog website now. The other thing that I think will be the death of it is is the price point. I reckon in America, they'd be dirt cheap. That's part of their appeal. Yeah, so a six-pack here is, is 20 bucks. So it's not cheaper than beer. No. It's not cheaper than cider. It's certainly not cheaper than your, your average UDLs. If they were to get a foothold here in Australia, they need to be like 15 bucks for a six-pack. You need to be able to grab two packs of this, go to a party and have a good time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the hard seltzer thing is like... It worked in America, big population base, a lot of underage drinking. Here, I just don't see it. I don't see who it's for. If you're a 20-year-old looking to get on the on the hoon, you've got so many other better options <laughs> than like this light exactly. water that's got a bit of booze in it. Fuck that. Nah, big thumbs down from me. Don't, <laughs> don't think it's going to take. And I'm not interested in trying them. That's the other option. One of these podcasts, I'll pick some up. Um, to further disgrace I, our reputation. <laughs> We've jumped one segment past New Brew News you can use, yeah, so I've forgotten this. Through, but one of our features from last month was 
a lemon meringue pie pa and i'll give props to uh cal who actually went out and tracked it down here in melvin and when i yeah when i caught up with him for a uh, park picnic now like probably a week ago it's it's a big summer park picnics yeah so i i was able to test out one of our new brews and the lemon meringue ipa came out of the can properly lemony and the foam was i'll give them big props as close to meringue as wow. you could expect a beer foam to be and it was a big hit for me might try and try it in a can but um yeah sounds like a winner sounds like an absolute winner i do like this idea of new brews yeah. we can use yeah, yeah. one of those brews next episode hopefully we'll get the gang back <laughs> together we'll try and get the uh the purvis christmas box happening but yeah mm. post, post that yeah big summer i want for that a big summer of not seltzer you know, maybe some other decent brews. Yeah. Bit of a hashtag park picnics, hopefully to come and some, uh, we'll get the gang back together and uh, set sail for 2021. But uh, in the meantime, Eric, it's been a great time. It's been a great time. A joy. Uh, Good to talk to you, man. Come being back. in the same city, I know it has absolutely no relevance to the energy, but at the same time, I feel like it's just, it's just felt all the more special to be back here in Melbourne, the Kensington Palace, you and your Richmond Palace near the Shell Station with the pies. Um, so special. But yeah, we uh, hopefully we'll, 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 I'll, hopefully I will see you in person off air very soon. Agreed. Um, yeah. yeah. On air <laughs> one month from now, Christmas time, mistletoe and beer. Um, that's where we're going to from here. A little bit of rhyming there. All right, yeah, we'll absolutely. We'll call it a good week and uh, hope to catch up soon. Yeah, exactly right. That is episode 40 of the Barry Bullock Hour, now a sensible economic podcast about beer and masks <laughs> fit for the current. Buy low, sell high. <laughs> the classic age old formula. Um, that is it. We will see you all <laughs> next time for uh, the Christmas party episode. One of the best episodes of the year. Um, that is it for now. We'll see you later on.